The Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun and Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, a son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. May be seated and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Well, that's good. It's been kind of foggy, hasn't it? Yeah. It's kind of weird and wet. It's been very wet. Well, I've got a question for you. It's about knowing what we're supposed to do, but I want to start with a few basic questions, okay? Have you ever heard of Jesus? Yes. Great. It's good to hear. Do you, uh, what kind of person was Jesus? Oh, yeah? A Messiah. A Messiah, great. What other words can we use to describe Jesus? Good person. good person, I'd take that, yeah. The boy. He's a boy? Yeah. Um, he makes people better. Makes people better, great. Teacher. Teacher. Helps people that are ill, excellent. Anything else? Kind of like a preacher. Yeah, he preached good news to the poor. Excellent. Anything else? All right, that's, that's a good, yeah. A prince, kind of, yeah, prince. Yeah. He is also God, correct? Also God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Those are the persons of God that we know. Three and one, one and three. Yes? He, he, died on the cross. he died on the cross. Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. 
So we know who Jesus is, mostly, and what Jesus did. Are we supposed to be like Jesus? Yes. Okay. How many people say yes? Raise your hand. How many people say no? Raise your hand. Kind of yes, kind of no. Raise your hand. All right. We've got a smattering. By and large, yeah. We're, we're supposed to act like Jesus acted. Now, we can't be Jesus. We're not God, after all. But we can be like Jesus. So, that leads me to my main question. How do you know what to do? If you're supposed to be like Jesus, how do you know what to do? Yeah. Listening to God. Listening to God. Read the Bible. Good. Ask God for help. Very good. Um, they, um, he helps other people. Helps other people. Making money. Make money. Yeah, I think that's part of what we do in life. Yep. Pray and ask for help. Ask for forgiveness. All these are great. I've got a question for you. Have you ever prayed and asked God what to do and still been confused? People who have still been confused, raise your hand. People who have not still been confused, raise your hand. People who sometimes yes, sometimes no, raise your hand. Very good. We have another smattering of answers. The thing is, they're kind of scattered all over. That makes sense. Hopefully that's what a smattering means. The thing is that when we ask God for help, we'll get that most of the time. But we don't always know what it means. If you don't know how to act like Jesus at the time, if you don't know what to do, if you don't know how to be, look to other Christians that you trust. So if your parents are Christians that you trust, look to them and see what they're doing. If your pastor is a Christian that you trust, look to that person and see what they're doing. If your brother or sister is a Christian that you trust, look to them and see what they're doing. If your grandmother or grandfather is a Christian that you trust, look to them and see what they're doing. Everybody look at my nose. If you don't know what to do, even after you've prayed and everything else, what should you do? Yes. Look it up in the Bible. Close. Look to a Christian that you trust. Repeat after me. Look to a Christian that you trust. Repeat after me. Look to a Christian that you trust. Look to a Christian that you trust. That could be your parents. That could be your brother and sister. That could be a teacher. That could be a friend. Look to a Christian that you trust. Very good. You can stop repeating after me. Yes, thank you. Those people are very important in our lives. Because that's how we know what to do even when we don't know what to do. So this week I want you to find somebody, a Christian, that you trust. And I want you to pay attention to what they're doing. I want you to see if it seems like something Jesus would do, and if it is, I want you to do that as long as you're capable, too. Does that sound good? Yes. All right. I am, too. Should we say a prayer? Yes. Let's say a prayer. 
God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for people in our lives that teach us what it means to be like you. And as you call us to be your disciples, to follow you, we ask that you give us the strength and the grace and the mercy to do that. Help us to find this week and all weeks somebody that's doing what you would do and to do that too. Thank you for everybody you've surrounded us with and help us to be those people in the world. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. In the name of Jesus, amen. Way back, or at least it seems like way back, two weeks ago. <laughs> way back. We had a few things start. We had an understanding that we would be focusing here in January on stewardship. And that's not just what we're going to give in our offering envelopes this year, but that is stewardship of all that we have and all that we are. Understanding that everything, everything that we have and everything that we are is a gift from God. And those are to be given back to God, at least in part, for the purposes of God's work in this world. We are stewards. We take care of that which does not belong to us. Ourselves our time, and our possessions. That started with a text, right? That started with the text of who Jesus was. It was the baptism of our Lord Sunday, and so we saw Jesus walk down to the Jordan, and when John saw him coming down, he thought that he should be baptized by Jesus, but Jesus said, no, we're going to do this the other way around. And as Jesus was baptized, and as the dove descended, and as a voice proclaimed that this is my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased... We understood that there was a relationship established of who God was and who we are. God is a merciful and loving and ever-present God. And we are God's chosen people, not because of what we have done, but simply because of who God is. One who loves, and one who holds, and one who promises. We talked about a word tithing. We talked about it not in the sense of a formula to figure out what to write on a check and put in your envelope and send into the offering, but as a way of understanding that relationship. When we tithe, when we give part of what we take in back towards God, wherever we see God working and acting in this world, that is an action not out of obligation, though obligation helps from time to time. That is an action of expressing that we are simply stewards and God, the creator, holds all things and gives all things. We steward. Today, in the text that we have and in our conversation about stewardship, about what we hold and what we own, we move from a place of 
talking about it to a place of doing it. We see here in today's text that Jesus begins, right after he gets out of the desert, he begins his ministry by proclaiming out of the ninth chapter of Isaiah what he's all about. If you keep reading in that chapter, it starts to sound like Christmas. That's where we get the wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace idea. Isaiah is quoted by Jesus for the purposes of proclaiming to everybody who will listen, this is who I am. This is who I'm meant to be. This is what I will do. And then he gets on to his thesis point, his hinge point. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then the text moves. Because Jesus stops quoting scripture, at least for a time, and starts doing things. Jesus starts walking. And he sees two brothers. And Simon, also called Peter and Andrew, are fishing. And he says, follow me, I'll make you fish with men. And they get up and they go. And then he sees two more. James and John with their father Zebedee. And they're in the boat, mending their nets. And he says, follow me. And they get up and they go. This is fantastic and scary all at the same time because this is the hinge point of our faith. God does not stay in the theoretical. God does not stay in the hypothetical. And God does not stay in the idea. Yes, light has shone in darkness. And yes, grace has come among us but is not enough for God to simply say it. And that's a lot, considering that God simply spoke creation into being. It is not enough for God to simply say it. God does it. God starts walking, and God starts moving, and God starts acting. It's fantastic. And it's scary. Because with you and I, we know what that means. We know that if God starts moving and acting, then we have to start moving and acting too. And as we do, things change. James and John and Andrew and Peter were not necessarily bad fisher people. It didn't say that they left their nets because they were really bad at this and then followed Jesus. It said that they just left. They had a family business after all. They couldn't have been that bad. Though there is that story where they're not catching anything and then they throw them to the other side, but that's besides the point. Their lives change. When you and I start to follow Christ, our lives change. Brothers left their father. Siblings left their vocation. So today, we look at our lives as they exist here in 2017. And we say, what's going to change? Not that we can predict all things when 
When those four left their boats and started following Jesus, they didn't know what all would change, but they did know something would change. They knew they weren't going to be fisher people for the rest of their lives, at least not literally. They knew they weren't going to go back to work the next day. They knew they weren't going to be with their families. They knew a little bit that there was change. So what is the change this year? How do we move from what we know in Sunday school and in church are the answers of what we are to be as disciples and who we are to be in the world? How do we move from there into reality? How do we move from there into being a part of the body of Christ in this world? How do we move from there to activity? By grace through faith, we move. I can't tell you what that change is going to be. Because I'm not necessarily telling you to leave your job or to leave your families. I am telling you that those things will not seem like they're yours anymore. Those things are God's. Your jobs and your families and you yourself, those are God's. And as we consider them God's, possessions, we consider what God would have us do with them. And that might be a different answer than what we would do with them. So I'm not here to give you an answer. I'm here to give you a question. What will change? What is changing? Now that the kingdom of heaven is drawing near. It struck me this past week how much changes when you start to you just start to follow Christ. It struck me that growing up, yeah, I, wanted, I knew I wanted to be a pastor since I was in the third grade, but you know what the cool thing was? Farming. The cool thing was farming. I worked so hard at my homework every day, so I got to go out into the shed and be with Dad and do what Dad did. I worked so hard to clear weekends so that I could be a part of taking in and plowing and everything else that had to do with farming. I loved when something would break because I got to see my dad in action, fixing it when sores were closed and parts weren't available. I loved that. But eventually, I came to understand that my calling as a pastor might actually mean that I won't be living in my parents' backyard. I had no idea that Arnsville existed. <laughs> and it was sad and it's been sad to realize continually that that really cool thing that I saw my dad do and my grandfather do and my family do might not be the thing, even if it's what I want to do, that I do with my life. My life is not mine. But what God has done 
is given an incredible place for me to live and to work and to breathe and to still see the marks of farming where I am and to still see the cool things that happen. And even if I'm not the one doing it, I get to witness the incredible acts that that job has in this place. I get to be a part of a community that still holds on to those things. And it is phenomenal, despite not using my life the way that I might want to use it. It is phenomenal to witness what God does with the kingdom come and the world be done. Giving up what we might do with our life, giving up what we might do with our money, giving up what we might do with our time and our possessions and everything else is not easy. But the end result is not simply pain. God brings good, good gifts out of these. So as we consider what we steward and what we tend this year, know that I'm not asking you down a path of pain for pain's own sake. I'm asking you to pick up the cross for the sake of life. Thanks be to God for the good gifts that's been given. Thanks be to God for the great things that will come. Thanks be to God for making us stewards in a very tough and challenging and rewarding vocation. Thanks be to God. Amen.